another episode of After the Siren. I am your host, Nisha Hapel, and I am joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host... Me. It's me, Jarvis. It is you, Jarvis. Hello. How are you, Jarvis? I don't feel 100%, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I've got... I've Sorry had, for laughing at your at your loss, but... Um, at my loss, I'm just sick. I know. Um, not with COVID. Um, no COVID. No COVID. Um, no, I've just got a blocked nose. So I'll a bit take of a it you throat. weren't at the, at the curry bar that that one guy... I hope not. To. I think we were in the city that night, but I don't think we were on the same train or near the same no, areas as I him. I don't think we were. Well, that's Thank what matters. <laughs> How are you, by the way? I'm, I'm pretty well. I have a really itchy eye that's come out of nowhere. Again, not COVID related at all. Um, yeah, I'm pretty stoked, you know, always good to start off the week after your team's had a good win on the weekend and I'm yeah, sure you can yeah, relate, I'm sure you can relate to that as well. Yes. Yes. All right. Um, well, I think I'm going to go get straight into my top footy moment because pretty much my weekend just consisted of having one too many drinks and then having another drink the next yeah, day. Yeah, all of, all of our like week stuff that we would normally go into, we can't really go into. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's it's it's more personal life. So anyway, <laughs> let's just go on. Um, well, I've got a great top footy moment to kick it off with. Oh anyway. yeah, what is it? Um, can't really go past this guy this weekend. He he's really showing his worth, and I think Melbourne fans are absolutely loving watching him out on the field. But it yeah. of course goes to Clayton Oliver. Oh my gosh! His massive performance over the weekend. So. He, uh, he started off with uh, 38 disposals, three goals, nine tackles, and 13 clearances. How's that for a casual Saturday afternoon? Not bad. He also scored 204 points on the uh, KFC Supercoach. So if anyone is uh, in that and has him on their side, um, congratulations. You probably won that round just off of Clayton Oliver's should back. Have, should but, have put um, him as captain. <laughs> probably should have. Who did we have as captain? Uh, McRae. McRae. Actually, not a bad. Is, yeah, who is yeah. consistently great, yeah. so yeah. it's fine. We do love uh, Skip McRae. But um, this week, I have to give it to Clayton Oliver. That is a massive, massive performance and uh, couldn't quite get his side over the line, which is uh, surprising based off of those stats. But um, I think everyone that was following football over the weekend saw the the close games that was and um tex walker mm. absolutely sealed that game yeah. right up and brought the d's first blemish but i don't think you could really fault clayton oliver no i think he did e- yeah i think yeah. he did everything he could possible <laughs> to try to get the victory for no, them no i don't uh, think he did enough i think he could have gotten to 40 disposals four goals 10 tackles and 15 clearances but you know maybe, you take what you can get <laughs> maybe with an extra quarter you would have been able to done it Maybe if there was a fifth quarter, which wouldn't quite work out because no. quarter's going to four. Um, all right. <laughs> Give us your top 40 moment, Jarvis. My top 40 moment. Well, obviously, it, it really shouldn't be coming from this, but I think it's quite funny um, that this is why I've chosen my one for today. Give it to um, me. It's none other than Aaron Norton beating, single-handedly <laughs> beating St. Kilda by one point. Off his own boot. Off his own boot, that is. Obviously, you know, it's a team around you that you need, but Aaron Norton kicked five goals, four points, um, and was at an end, uh, I can't speak, ended with a total score of uh, 34 points, mm. and St. Kilda for the whole entire four quarters only got 33. So, I mean, <laughs> obviously it sucks to see St. Kilda down in the dumps at the moment, mm. um, but also I think it can also show how much the dogs... Uh, demolishing kind of the weaker sides in the league at the moment yeah. um, and also I think kind of shows that 
um, they can more than likely contend with whoever. And especially coming with up with Melbourne next week, it's going to be a very interesting game. Nonetheless. Yeah, I think the thing with the dogs is they are actually starting to show a little bit of depth, which was the question mark we've had over them all season. Yeah. We've been talking about them saying their best 22 is their best 22 and yeah. whenever they have to step outside those set guidelines, maybe it's not so good. And yeah. I still think that is true to an extent. Their best 22 is definitely the their best, best 22. 22. But oh, they're showing would... that they do have a little bit, a few players that they can call on and step in, and it's relatively seamless. Um, so, you know, having Waitman come in and really heavily this contribute, say, yeah. he's he's been fantastic over the past two rounds where he's been in. Rock Smith has played a role, you know. You would never pick him in your best 22. Yeah. But he's come in, he's and, and he was part of a side that won by 111 points. So, so. yeah. Um, but we will get to that later in this podcast, I believe, when we go through um, our thoughts of round 10. Exactly. Um, we are going to be doing a bit then. of a mid-season review. I cannot believe it's been 10 rounds already. Yeah, no, it's already halfway through. Anyway, so <sighs> that's rough. that was my top 40 moment. <laughs> I Obviously, it's it's not a outstanding or crazy footy moment. I just think it's quite funny and quite... Interesting um, stat. He's yeah, interesting fun stat. Facts today. And realistically, Jay there's... Fun facts. Realistically, no one could have kicked about, like... Those four <laughs> behinds could have easily been goals. <laughs> nine goals. <laughs> yeah, it could have been nine goals quite and easily. And he could have almost caught up to the leading goal kicker in one and only Harry McCoy. That's okay. Bruce is right behind. It's He's only five goals behind. It's only, fine. Only five. <laughs> yeah, it's easy. McKay won't kick goals. Um, do you play North again? Because maybe he'll kick another team. We actually do. <laughs> we actually do play North oh, again. No. We play North in about, I think, two or three weeks. So pretty much it means Brucey's kicked 10 goals in one game <laughs> and then 20 goals for the rest of the season, which is still a pretty good effort, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Harry's has any, has, at the, the question is, has anyone else kicked a bag? Like, 10 goals, you know? No, no, one. no one else kicked 10 goals. Exactly. Harry, Harry got 7. But is it 10? It's not 10. Never anyway. <laughs> but he kicked 6 on the weekend. He did kick Give 6. Give him some credit. Well, the uh, big well. key forwards, am I right? The big key forwards. <laughs> it all links if, back. if you're new to the podcast, we did release an episode a few weeks ago where we uh, we discussed um, our thoughts on... Could this be the season, the return of the big key forwards having a real impact and, and scoring, you know, quite a few goals? Well, we're midway through the season. Harry Mackay leading the ways on 35. So, got to get a bit of a wriggle on if he wants to get to those really, really high goals that we used to yeah. see in the, in the mid-2000s. But um, I'm excited. Nonetheless, um, shall we go on to the news stories? We should definitely go into the news stories. Now bit of a different one this weekend as everyone knows in two rounds time it is going to be sir doug nichols indigenous round so i am very excited as all these new jumper designs are coming out um haven't seen carlton's ones yet but um the ones that i've seen so far have you know they get better and better every year as as a general rule um, but there has been some controversy over Port Adelaide's jumper that was released last week. Could you take us through that a little bit? Yeah, so the Port Adelaide jumper um, has been released and was shown off in a bit of a group photo with some of the Port Adelaide boys wearing it. Um, now, they initially gave a competition to a high school. I'm not sure mm. if they actually specify so what I think high the, school. So I think the, spe- the specifications of the competition was they had multiple people, yeah. whoever wanted to submit a design could submit a design, and the winner ended up being a 17-year-old girl, a high school student. And they do specify that she's still in high school. Yeah, so what's happened is this 17-year-old girl that ended up being the winner for the uh, jersey design actually... I guess you would say stole the design mm. and the uh, imagery from uh, 
uh, what was the I name? Think it's a Melbourne street Ellie artist. Campbell. Oh. Ellie Campbell, yeah. I believe her name is, um, who has that exact um, painting with her, I believe, that she mm. owns at this very moment um, and is shown in an in a Instagram photo or a story, mm. I believe. Um, and there's been a bit of controversy because obviously it's stolen artwork. When it's yeah. stolen artwork and it's not credited properly, then you're pretty much plagiarizing yeah. people's work you and what they do. You can get into a lot of, uh, I guess, technical yes. you know, trouble. Like, you know, did she genuinely come up with a very similar you know, they say it's exactly the same. I, I haven't seen the original work of art, to be fair. Oh, well, there um, you go. Oh, there we go. The live Google. Yeah. So it is essentially the same as this. It um, is. As Campbell's work. But the kangaroos aren't exactly the same. And the line work um, during throughout the black mm. is not exactly the same. So, But it's pr- really similar really that you can similar. understand that it's like pretty much the same yeah. thing. Now, this 17-year-old girl claims she was inspired by artwork that she saw in Melbourne. Um, now, whether that's true, I mean, you've got to have a distinct difference. You can't just be, you know, blatantly taking someone yeah. else's artwork. And then, you know, is it then on Port Adelaide's hands to do a real background check on everyone that submits a piece? You know, they're trying to do something good for the club and getting, you know, people yeah, excited, giving maybe someone young an opportunity to do something great. And unfortunately, it has not worked out for them in that regard. So whether they have to design a whole new jumper or whether they just have to now appropriately credit Miss Campbell. I think that's what they're doing is appropriately uh, crediting Miss yeah. Campbell for this one. Yeah. And and to Miss Campbell's credit, she has said that, you know, she doesn't want any hate um, or uh, anyone to hassle the student. She was young. This is from her words exactly. I'm quoting her from uh, the AFL website here. She's young. She's made a mistake and she and owned it. And I know what social media culture can be like. I ask people to consider her feelings because there's certainly no ill feeling for, uh, from me. And I just want her work to, uh, I wanted to work through the situation with her family. Um, and also it's been clear that the Port Adelaide and Miss Campbell have been um, um, very communicating and yeah. trying to sort out the situation as professionally as possible. So it seems that even though this is a big miss up, um, it seems that all parties are very understanding of the situation that has unfolded yeah. as well. Well, I think that's best case scenario in the end. Um, you know, I think it's great that all the characters that are involved are, are just good people and understanding of, you know, this is life sometimes and, and mistakes happen and whatever we can do to, you know, fix those problems and fix those issues, we will do. And yeah, I fully support um, everything that they've gone down in, in trying to, I guess, uh, give Miss Campbell the credit that she clearly deserves because it's it's a pretty spiffy jumper. As well as that, you know, um, bad publicity is still good publicity. I mean, <laughs> everyone's... Everyone's like, talking about Port's jumper. Yeah, and it's, you know, everyone's going to go to her and check out some of her artwork probably. So yeah, I really hope it, they it's, do. It's, at the end of the day, probably almost... This is going to sound bad, but it's better for her to have this controversy <laughs> than to, uh, you know... Take a lot this of people out. know who Ellie Campbell is right now. And, so. you know, we, I know of her now. I'll be like, oh, yeah, that was the chick. But I don't you know, she'll, <laughs> she'll have something attached to her. So there you go. Yeah, whether she wanted it or not, she's got it now. And, um, yeah, all the best to everyone involved. Uh, I love the way that the club's gone about it. So good on to them and their communications team. It's been fantastic. Shall we jump on to our second story? Absolutely. Um, so we're going to be looking at some of the match reviews from, from the weekend. Um, now, there has been a couple of 
dangerous tackles slash bumping situations that mm. have caused a few players possibly to um uh sorry um a few players possibly to uh lose um some one match oh sorry to have some match bans for the upcoming couple weeks um, sorry that my wording is terrible That's here. That's right. I just wanted to chime in and say, um, if you listened to last week's ep- episode in my interview with Nigel, he did really <clears throat> state that one of the biggest issues in the competition was concussion and the adjudication of giving players that, you know, cause a concussion a suspension. Now, I agreed with him in that context, but now after watching, I guess, these um, bans come through and these reviews come through... I'm sort of, you know, eating my own words a little bit because, yes, I understand the seriousness of concussion, but now I'm also looking at these um, I- these incidents and saying I don't think that they were necessarily, you know, worth a two-match ban or a one-match ban. But we'll get into each individual um, issue and Jarvis is going to take us through that now. Yeah, starting with the uh, the first uh game match ban i guess is gonna be marlon pickett um now this is from the friday night game against uh brisbane he has been charged with striking brandon uh oh, i'm gonna butcher this brandon name. Ellis? no star stavich oh. <laughs> brandon starsevich starsevich i'm so bad at this Why um say Ellis? he plays for the sun yeah he used to play for um anyway so he's uh struck brandon here um during the fourth quarter um between uh at the gabba um, pretty much he can accept a one-match ban as an early plea. Um, again, this was a careless contact, medium impact, and high contact incident. Um, and yeah, so obviously this was um, intentional from Pika by the looks of it when he's whacked him over the head. Um, but I believe that Richmond might be trying to fight their one out of this one. Yeah, there will be a few appeals to come out of this, and I will take us through those appeals um, after we just go through the initial the initial charges. Yeah, um, again, it, it, he just ran right at uh, Brandon here and he just whacked him over the face. It doesn't even look like he's really going for a tackle. I mean, he, you could probably say he was going for a smother there, but unlikely. It was very, very, very careless from Pickett. Um, on to the next one. It's going to be uh, from the Carlton game um, against, uh, who did you guys face? Hawthorne, which yes. was a very interesting game to come watch. <laughs> um, so, Plowman's been charged with um, rough contact against uh Hager O'Meara. I don't know if it, it, sometimes you don't know if the J is like a H, and you know, so like Hager. No, Hager, it's, it's Jager. Jager O'Meara um, during the fourth quarter um, at the MCG. He can accept a two match uh, ban for this one if with an early plea. Um, the ev- evidence shows that it's a careless contact, high impact, high contact incident. Um, and then, yeah, since it's a first offense as well, um, he can accept a two match sanction with an early plea. Um, so, yeah, well, again, we'll get into this in a second, but I'll just go through that one. Um, the next one is going to be Carl Hardigan. I said that right, correctly? Yes, you did. Oh, my gosh. Uh, by striking Sam Walsh during the fo- uh, fourth quarter um, at the MCG as well. Um, now, this one, he can accept a three-match sanction with an early plea. Uh, on the evidence that's shown, it's been assessed as a intentional contact, uh, high-impact, high-contact um, with... Yeah, again, a, f- a first offence with a three-match play- uh, ban and an early pl- plea. Now, the footage for that one shows it's not even on camera from any of the actual uh, broadcasters. Yeah, it's it actually was 100 metres off the ball. Yeah, so Sam's run in, uh, while she's run in, sorry, and bang, just whacked over the elbow um, while they're kind of going up for a contest, possibly. 
Um, I think finally here, the last match ban, because everything else is fines, um, and this will go on for ages if I keep going, um, is going to be Nick Holbin from the Gold Coast Suns during the uh, Geelong game on, uh, is it Saturday that one was, I believe? Yes, it was. Um, at GMHBA Stadium. He got it this um, week, guys. <laughs> um, now, yeah, he can accept a two-match uh, uh, ban for this one with an early plea. Um, based on the information and the incident assessed, it's a careless contact, high impact, high contact um, incident. Awesome. So thanks for running us through them. Now, as we mentioned, there are three out of those four incidents that are going to be appealed at the tribunal on Tuesday night. Now, um, the first incident I'll start with is the Gold Coast tackle um, that... Uh, Jarvis just touched on. Now, the Gold Coast camp are saying it was the perfect chase down tackle, and the tackle was actually awarded a free kick for holding the ball in that instance. Now, as Duncan left the ground with concussion, you obviously have to put that into play as well, um, but that is the angle that Gold Coast will be taking for their argument. Carlton will also be contesting Lockie Plowman's ban, and uh, football boss Brad Lloyd has come out and said that we teach our players to keep their eyes on the football, and that's exactly what both players have done. Lockie's sole sole intent was to contest the football, which he rightfully did in a fair and reasonable manner. When he arrived at the point of impact, um, incidentally, at the same time as his opponent. Lockie's eyes remained on the football the entire time, and his intention was to spoil and such a collision was simply unavoidable. And then the final one is Richmond will be contesting Pickett's one-match ban, and um, Richmond have come out and said that uh, Stasevich was left on the ground for a few seconds but returned to his feet and played the game out. So a few interesting ones there. Busy, busy Tuesday night for the tribunal to see if they can, I guess, come out with reasonable... um, offers for these these gentlemen but this is the conversation that you know has to keep happening and how can we make these rules more black and white so that when a player goes off with concussion or is at risk of getting a concussion this means you get two weeks and this means you don't you know there needs to be a black and white line but then people come out with all of these separate arguments each club has a reason why they think their player shouldn't have gotten the ban and that's just what um each individual <coughs> thinks so it'll be really really interesting i'll be very keenly awaiting the results i really want plowing yeah. to be available for us but um yeah i'm sure we'll get to hear all the news um i think well, the, we're recording this on monday but tomorrow night yeah, yeah. again i think the other one that's really kind of fair enough to probably um chase up is uh the plowman one for sure because mm. his eyes were on the ball like yeah. it wasn't his intention to and jager did know. play out the rest of the game which he did play in yes. favor of, of plowman whereas yeah. in in the holman situation whether it was a perfect tackle duncan went off the ground and and was concussed so and yeah and he with- now has to have you know, the rest of that game and the following week out of the games. So. And and with the Nick Holman one, I think, you know, it's it's a, he was a, awarded a free kick, obviously, mm-hmm. when coming down. He still had uh, the... Um, who, who got tackled? Mitch Duncan had ha- did have an arm free to p- possibly brace himself mm-hmm. um, for impact, but 
didn't um, brace himself and his head just kind of bounced off the ground. Yeah. But it was a perfect run and tackle when looking at the footage as well. All right. This is, you know, going to be heavily debated amongst AFL and probably amongst us, you yeah. know. We could probably go on for a, a, a while, but we're going to move on to our third story. Now, this is actually following on from a couple of weeks ago yep. um, when we touched <coughs> on Taylor Harris's, I guess, demands for her salary. Um, we were, you know, very encouraging that, AFLW players should be, you know, demanding more there, especially as the league grows. Mm-hmm. Um, but we thought maybe the fifth, uh, sorry, uh, one hundred fifty thousand um, dollar pay packet per season might be a bit steep for Carlton Football Club, and um, we were right. So the contract talks have broken down with Taylor Harris and the Carlton Football Club, and she is now on the hunt for a third AFL club. Yay. <laughs> Is that your only input? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so obviously it's been uh, shut down pretty much from Carlton that she will not be getting this 150000 k um to continue uh, her stint in the Carlton football. Mm. I honestly don't know who is going to actually pick her up for 150 k I don't think any team will. I don't think really any team has the funds besides possibly Collingwood, but I don't even... Like the like, who else would have the funds to pay her that much? Why would Collingwood have the funds? I don't know. To pay that much? They've just been around long enough, and they've you know they've probably got some weird, dirty money. <laughs> that is fake news. Okay, we'll retract that statement. We have nothing allegedly, to allegedly, that. not even allegedly. allegedly. You just made that up. Um, but no, I think if she's going to get paid that much. She might be looking to return home possibly to Gold Coast. I'm thinking mm. from clubs that would really benefit from a big, well-known player who, who definitely has the ability to have an impact, but she just didn't show it last season. So a team like Gold Coast who really struggled may actually benefit from a big, strong, competitive beast coming into their side. Unless. Unless. Is the new teams coming out for the next season? season after oh because that's what i'm thinking she would be great to go to a new club she's such a leader yeah. but she would also be you know because that's not an option for this season yeah you know unless she just skips the season and comes back when has a mm. contract with one of the new teams that I don't, start up i don't really see her going down to geelong but she that's the other team that's that i was looking at that could team as benefit, well yeah probably um, could benefit from the from her and they probably and, also you know, have west the cash. coast but i don't see her going over there either you know i hey, listen when you're getting paid 150,000 k i mean you might be able to go anywhere yeah exactly. I mean, let's be honest like that's a, that's a lot of money she is originally from queensland which is why i suggested gold coast in the yeah, first place absolutely. but um you know, Again. I think there's potential out there that, you know, FAW players will start to get, you know, higher increased pay. If more teams come in, eventually there'll be more rounds. You know, they've already extended the season a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, if she can get that much, where she can get that much from. Um, the statement made by Carlton coach Daniel Harford said, it's been a difficult negotiation clearly for this one, for us and for Tay. Because you've got to put it all together and make sure you got, uh, you've got your reward for all your players who deserve it through the journey. So he's got to consider the other players at the Carlton Football Club, yeah. and there are players out there like Maddie Prasparkas and Vessio. Jess Hosking, Darcy Vessio. You know, players that you really want to keep at the club because their character, um, and and yeah, they're just doing really really well at the moment for the club. Um, you're going to want to give them their reward 
before Taylor Harris at this stage, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, An article I saw today came out and just said that Taylor Harris's impact extends far beyond the football field, which I do agree with. But are you really going to be paying someone $150,000 a season because they have good impact off the field? We really want that impact on the field to be considering a pay pack at that time. And again, when you look at her last season, she didn't do great. If she maybe continued the last couple of seasons and were, was one of the top performing people, maybe Carlson might have did a different offer yeah, because she was... a little bit harder for but for her to stay. When she's not in form and she's just possibly, this is my just personal thoughts, when she's got a bit of a boost from having her own documentary made and she's got in a statue and everything like that, it does boost her ego a little bit. So yeah. she, she might be over... What's the word I'm trying to think of? Over-accentuating how... How much she's worth. Yeah, how much she's worth. To put it bluntly, obviously we don't know Taylor as a person and she's doing great things. Yeah. Um, you know, even having a documentary and being that player because she's putting herself out there and she's the one getting scrutinised. She's the first player to come out and, you know, ask for a higher pay, you know, for a pay raise. Yeah. And whether she deserves it or not is beside the point. She's going to be the one copying the scrutiny. I think if it was yep. any player coming out, if it was Brie Davey who just won the best and fairest saying, I want this much, people would say no. Yeah, no. <laughs> people would still say no. So I think it's really, um, you know, interesting that, that she's come forward and hopefully we can see her back at her best, whether it is at Carlton, but it looks like it will be elsewhere yeah. at this stage. Might wrap that one up there. got a, a pretty interesting uh, episode, our main topic tonight. We are just going to be going through a few of the teams and potentially the teams we don't you know, get to today, we might follow up on next week. Um, we're going to do a bit of a review on just how they've gone throughout the first 10 rounds. We are approaching mid-season where you know quite a few things start to happen. You get the few buy rounds, a few quieter weeks, and then you get the mid-season draft. So a couple of big AFL events coming yeah. up. Um, and it's just been really good to be back at the footy this year already so i've definitely enjoyed my footy this year as opposed to last year um but we're going to pick a couple teams um, yeah and just see how we're going have a bit of a discussion a bit of a uh, debate on how they're going where their season could end up uh, from what we've seen so far now the first team i wanted to bring to the table is a bit of an interesting one and it is the Sydney Swans. Yeah, they've um, been a bit up and down, a bit of inconsistency. I think they've had a couple like really kind of close games, and uh, obviously with the addition of Buddy being back, but we saw them in the first initial couple of rounds like really start to show what they could bring to the table. Yeah. But, now uh, the yeah, thing that I've down. sorry to interrupt That's you there. Right. The thing that I've really enjoyed about the Swans is the young talent that they've brought. Young talent is always exciting. We want to see what's coming next into the AFL. We want to be reassured that we're going to be entertained down the down the track with uh you know the next 10 years see which players are going to be firing and um Sydney Swans have really done a great job I guess almost training these players from a very young age through their academy. But we've seen them debut players uh, like Errol Goulden, Braden Campbell. You've seen Chad Warner really step into the limelight. Logan McDonald has been, you know, Buddy Franklin's right-hand man when he's been there. And um, 
You know, they've also had their senior players get back into form. Yep. Josh Kennedy, Luke Parker, um, <coughs> Papley's really shifted Papley, his game around. Yeah. And um, their guns in Mills and Rampy and Heaney have all started really good. Now, they currently sit at six wins and four losses, some of those losses being in very close matches too. What are your thoughts on where they're sitting? Would you have predicted this at the start of the season? Oh, well, I think I had them down. I think me and Nish did a bit of like a ladder uh, tipping um, thing. Um, And I had them quite low. I didn't think they were going to come back as well as they did this year. I had them, I think, probably like... I think I had them from like 14th to 18th, to be fair, from memory. I can see mine, Um, and and I definitely had them, you know, in the lower tier of um, my ladder. I didn't think they were going to make the top eight, and by the looks of how they're going, they more than likely could be that eighth seventh contender spot or like be just outside possibly in the ninth tenth i think a lot of teams in that lower half uh are in those kind of spots gws is another one that um is kind of around about that same area Mm. but when you look at the people that the swans have won against especially in the early season they won against the lions by 31 they won against adelaide by 33 they won against Richmond, the two-time reigning premiers, by 45. Then from then onwards, I don't know if it's injuries or what the goal is, but they've had close games besides the uh, Gold Coast Sun where they just got almost blown out of the park there a little bit. Yeah, um, look, I think I think something that contributed to that was was some of their kids' inexperience, as, yeah. as great as they have been. They've kind of been going in and out of the side the last few rounds. They yeah. start to get tired faster than, you know, the, yeah. the seasoned athletes, the ones that have been doing it uh, a few years around. So, um, you know, I wouldn't be too concerned as a Sydney supporter no. in terms of a couple of losses, you know, after those first few rounds where they had great momentum, they had great consistency throughout those first few rounds, and then you sort of saw some cracks forming. Um, but I, I get what you're saying, you know. They're sitting in that range where, you know, it's it's likely that they could still hold on to a final spot. But then you look outside the eight and you've got Richmond, Fremantle, Essendon, Carlton, even Adelaide, um, you know, that ha- are within a game or two of them. So And they do have a few people coming back from injury. Um, Campbell is six weeks out. Reed is a week out, possibly. Uh, Goulden is still six weeks out. So, you know, people coming into the later half of the season might be a fresh leg. Uh, I don't, again, I don't know if all these people will play. Ron Key's going to be possibly ready in a week. Mm. Uh, McClearney? McClearney? Justin? Uh, McInerney. McInerney is going to be possibly back in a week. Um, Hickey is still uh, TBA and same with Fox. And then uh, McLean, Lewis McLean is out for a week as well. So they've got a few people coming back in uh, towards the later uh, last kind of quarter of the season. Um, and a few people coming in in the next couple of weeks. So that might strengthen their side a little bit, give them a bit more roundness. Um, we'll just have to see how that goes for Sydney. Awesome. Now, the next team I want to put uh, to you, I don't think anyone saw their early success uh, for this part of the season. I want to talk about Melbourne. Yeah, they are a team that I don't think really a lot of people were going to shoot. They were going to shoot up this high no. and be this dominant and be this um, aggressive. And I think a lot of that comes from um some of the kind of reformations Pickett has been one that has been just tearing it up mm. um the addition of ben brown hasn't been fully what we wanted to see but has been kind of there's glimmers of hope 
Fritch has had a great season, I think, so far. Um, probably still needs to be a little bit more accurate around the posts. But, you know, he's the one that's been kicking a lot of the major scores for them. So you can't complain. playing. Plus, you've got Oliver, Petrarca, yeah. Gorn has is is yeah. probably the ruck of the competition if you yeah. wanted to have him in that number one um, ruck all australian yep, he's, he's absolutely. got that sealed at the moment um, the only one sort of and then, nipping at his heels is nat nui then, but. yeah then you look at you know their defense stephen may has been on fire mm. and has been shutting down um key forward after key forward after key and forward he's got anytime. his buddy jake lever down there that's, that too you know, so a side that you that we saw last year that we thought you know like okay they, they have potential to kind of slowly climb up and find a rhythm between themselves and maybe a couple of additions here and there could could really strengthen that side and mm. give it a bit more depth but i mean you can't complain of what they've done and especially when you've got oliver doing what he did on the weekend yeah um as long as he's not being um Tagged by oh, what's his name from GWS? <laughs> uh, uh, Maddie DeBoer. Yeah, as long as he's not getting tagged by Maddie DeBoer, I mean he's an absolute gun at the moment. Yeah, look, I think. Oh, what and you then also said... Langdon coming back as well. It was yes. a big one as well. <laughs> um, I think what you said at the start, saying a lot of people probably wouldn't have predicted this, just purely based off of their last year form. I also did not predict it, but it, to me, it also it makes sense. It does look, make sense though. On paper, they. Um, they had the best list in the comp according to champion data in 2019 and that list never fired and every season since then i've just been waiting and waiting for them to fire whilst i kind of maybe forgot about that when i was forming my ladder predictions i i do think it completely makes sense and the point you just brought up at the end there about ed langdon they finally found his perfect position on the ground him and Jaden hunt here oh, off that so far good. wing when he was at frio he played on the near side and um in more congestion when he's out in space that's where he's really dangerous um and yeah pretty much everything you touched the- on i don't want to double up but um yeah, the list that they have has been set to fire for a couple of years now, and now they've finally kind of filled the missing pieces and, you know, start season nine and one. Very and impressive. And their run at the moment hasn't been terribly hard, but not terribly easy. They've had Dockers. So this, obviously, they've all won up until the game against um, Adelaide. So they won against Fremantle, won against Saints, won against GWS, won against Geelong, Hawthorne, Richmond, North, Swans, Carlton, and then finally met their match with the Adelaide Crows. So I would say out of their list, probably maybe two or th- uh, three to four of their big wins were top eight sides, mm. possibly top eight sides. Obviously the Cats are up there, um, Swans are up there. But they ha- next week they're going to have the dogs. Yes, um, you just stole is, my fantastic sorry. segue. Do- sorry, they're going to have the dogs. You can still use the segue. Um, West Coast, they still yet to play Port. They're still yet to play Lions. They're still yet mm. to play. So they've still got a lot of teams yeah, that are on the higher speed up. Speed bumps coming yeah. their way. So, and it'll be interesting to see how they tackle that. You know, obviously they haven't hit with too many plague injuries either. either, either. So obviously those are variables we can't really predict but um hopefully they keep this run of form no one gets injured and melbourne have a, a season that can be remembered and they can possibly build on for another for extra seasons yeah longevity is always what the goal is now as you so perfectly stole my segue <laughs> the next team we're going to tackle is the bulldogs oh. now i knew you'd want to have a bit yeah. to say about this so i'll let you take the mic which you you've been doing a bit so yeah. What are your thoughts on your dogs? Pleased, pleased or not pleased? Um, it's it's hard You're because they've done. On the top of the ladder. We are sitting on top of the ladder, and I think we've had a 
again, much like Melbourne, not a, a hard run, but not an easy run either. I think there's been obviously a few games there we've just dominated the Saints game, the um, the North game. So we've been able to show that we can just pick apart teams like it's nothing if we really, really want to, you know, Port Adelaide. I don't think we really struggled against them, especially when we got to after half time. Mm. Obviously, we lost against Richmond. We were able to win against um, Brisbane. Um, we won against Gold Coast. Eagles, um, which was a, a game that probably could have gone either way. And yeah. that was probably like the one that... we kind of cemented what the dogs could possibly do for the rest of the season look i think um, um if i'm gonna chime in and, yeah. and just make a point about something you've touched on there the um the game against brisbane and the game against eagles you were very fortunate yeah. to play in melbourne that yeah. brisbane game was down in ballarat and also brisbane did have quite a slow start to the season losing to sydney um so you know yeah. they they definitely weren't in form and they've they've you know built into the season um but, you know, I think it's been fortunate, the run that you have yeah. had so far and some of those more challenging teams, you know, playing West Coast over in the West is, is very hard. It's very difficult. Playing West Coast over here is, you know, a little bit... You do you say know, that, but we, we did have Port over in Port. Yes. So yeah. we did still come over there and still take out that victory. Um, and and that's points. that's probably, to me, why that's the most impressive yeah. win, you know. If you beat West Coast over in the West, then that is, is just as impressive, but... Um, I just thought I'd throw that in there. That yeah. A couple of those teams you mentioned, it, it was lucky that the fixture worked out that yeah. way. And, you know, if, if you've got a good run, then just, you know, ensure that you, you win. And the Dogs did that. So And, you know, the thing that we talked about before was the depth of the Dogs. Um, obviously, their best 22 is probably their best 22 full stop. <laughs> but um, Give me a dollar every time we say that on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but, um, you know, obviously, with Dunks being out for quite a while, Martin's still out for a few weeks. Uh, English possibly could be back next week. Who the fu- who the hell knows what's going on with him and his concussion stuff? Um, I'm glad that they are taking the precautions they needed to take because he is a player English that can probably play a couple good areas and be one of your star players for mm. sure. Um, obviously, Bond is having a season and a half. Um, same with Libba. Same with. Uh, uh, Trelaw, who knows how he's going with his injury. Obviously, he's fit into the side perfectly. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, McRae has had the best season <laughs> in his life. He ten ten, ten uh, rounds in, and he's only gotten 30-plus disposals. That's the first time ever in VFL, AFL history. That's massive. Um, then we go down to your forward line. Bruce has had a really good season. I think compared to his other seasons, he's yeah, actually I'll give him really, that. I'll give him really that. impressed. He's taken the marks. He's, his second efforts is... He's know, presenting up at the ball, which I can't believe it's taken yeah. him this long to figure out how to do. And then I think him, his partnership with um, with Norden as well. Obviously, Norden has kicked multiple goals throughout the whole entire season. But I think Bruce he could have... been more consistent. He's been more consistent in his accuracy. Mm. Uh, Norden's probably... For whatever two goals he gets, he probably kicks about six... You know, and he only converts two of those. So two out of six is probably not the best conversion, conversion rate, rate for you. Um, the thing with, you know, and then our backside, I think I've talked about it before, it's probably not the best. Um, but again, we're seeing these younger players like Waitman and mm. uh, not Lipinski because he's kind of old. Um, no, he's not. It's like, but he's been around for a little bit now and he's still haven't. Uh, anyway. Um, I don't think a I, footy I don't player know. at the age of what, like 20, 
22 would is he only 22? would appreciate being I called he, old. I thought he was, so. I thought he was like 24. No, um, he's definitely not. But anyway, <laughs> I think the depth that we've been able to bring in from these injuries has been good, and it shows that the dogs actually have a bit more backing. All right, uh, I'm going to stop you there because yeah. I know you could go all day <laughs> and you're going to go through the whole entire list and give them an individual player review if hey, I listen, don't stop you. I'm going to be honest. I'm surprised I remember as many people. I think like lo- this time last year I knew about five players. <laughs> that is a good point. You've really grown in your footy knowledge and, um, yeah, you've got me to guide you, aren't you? So lucky. Oh, wow. um, I'm going to give you one more team for today. So we're only okay. actually made it through four. I'm going to take a bit of a, a dive down the ladder and let's take a look at the Hawks. Oh, garbage. <laughs> Rough. I'm sorry. It's going to be appear a new headline one day. It's going to be like Jarvis Ho garbage. says Hawks are garbage. Look, I I have to agree with you to an extent there. I probably wouldn't have used that word just because uh, it's not one that sits in my vocab very often. Um, they've really struggled. And the, the games they've won, they beat Essendon in that 40-point comeback. And I, I can't remember the other game that they won. Was. Um, they lost to North, who are, you know, aside from Hawthorne, the but team that's again, struggling in the competition. And I think the big worry for Hawthorne is outside of Sicily, outside of Gunston, who went out of the, on the weekend. They did beat Adelaide, to be fair. Adelaide outside, Crows. Oh, yeah. But that was a close game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a three-point win. Yes, yeah, so they've won two games, one by one point, one by three points. They haven't been able to take hold of a team. Um, but as I was saying, you know, with the exception of Sicily, Gunston, who went out of the weekend, Tim O'Brien. Um, but again, he, he's not a huge influence over outcomes of games. Um, they're pretty much playing at full strength. And if that's their full strength side, struggling to to beat a side, um, you know, not being able to come over the top of the likes of North and Carlton, who are beatable sides, yeah. then, you know, that's, that's where you really got to that's where the issue lies you know yeah and I, I just it's one of those things where I don't know if it's the mix of having too many old players having not enough young players I think um, they don't really have anyone that can that is going to be the next generation of the Hawks you know with the exception of Warple Warple's Warple, probably yeah. the one but um and, and and we've seen CJ come in and he's <laughs> become a bit of a cult figure but no one that you're like no, like Sam Walsh. They who they can look come in and, and, and lift the other thing, It looks like they look exhausted before the second half. Like sometimes they just look exhausted. They don't run. They don't attack. There's no drive for them. Almost, it's like they're just playing like, football like for the Carl sake of playing not football. Playing their best football on the weekend, and you know they still managed to win by twenty three points. Yeah. Which, is, which is comfortable. Um, now I don't really want to dwell on the Hawks. I think the. The key for them is probably time to start looking for a new coach. Yeah. Clarko is definitely on the outer, and they'd probably be looking to start a start a rebuild. Might see a few new coaches by the uh, by the end of ne- by the start of next year, I reckon. Between yeah. them, Collingwood, maybe a couple other teams. I can't remember. Yeah, well, that definitely comes into question Maybe towards North, the end of seasons. North might have another coach, who knows, because their coaches just leave after a season and come <laughs> back, who knows? That's only happened, like, two years in a row. <laughs> anyway, uh, we might wrap up our review there and race through some tips for you now because yeah, we have an exciting of round of football coming up. We could have just done on, a whole episode on just this, to be honest. <laughs> honestly, we could have, but maybe we'll we'll get into it a little bit more next week. Now, on Friday, we have the clash of all clashes. It's first take second. The dogs take on the Ds. Who have you got? I'm going to go with the dogs. I'm not confident, though. 
You're not confident. I'm not confident. I don't know. I just, I'm always scared whenever our side comes out and Bevo's got freaking Norton playing in halfback. So, <laughs> so. I mean, I honestly have not actually seen him physically stand at halfback all season. No, so. he, was, he was there. Um, at, no, he pushed up as an option. No, he, he started in halfback um, from the center bounce and in like four quarter time. Anyway, that's beside the point. I'm going the dogs. I'm niche. Who are you going for? I'm very interested to hear. I'm going for the dogs. Oh my god. It is at Marvel and that is the dogs home ground. They love it there. If they it was do. at the G, different story, I think. You reckon? I think so. Story. I okay. think so. I think the dogs love the fast deck. Um Melbourne's well, scoring side. Melbourne's scoring has pretty much been you know, going coast to coast and um, that's, well, that's a lot of that. And the dogs have been really good at not allowing that to happen against them. So Yeah, but there, there is there, there is opportunities for both teams to run, especially with the with the Marvel Stadium. The the fast pace kind of can allow to both Melbourne and dogs' strengths. So we'll have to see how they tackle those uh, situations. On to the next game. Uh, it's the Saturday night game, I believe. Uh, Saturday afternoon. Saturday afternoon, my bad. It's the Pies and the Cats um, at the MCG. Who you got for this one, Nishi? I've got the Cats. Yeah, I'm the same. Straightforward for me. Yeah. Both with Cats. All right. Next game is the Lions take the Giants. Could be an interesting one. Lions home game. Who have you got? Lions. Also got to go with the Lions. They looked pretty dominant over the Tigers. It seems like, yeah, as you said before, they're back in form a little bit. So, and that's with Neil still out for a few weeks, eh? Interesting game coming your way. Um,. Who is next? Next up, it's going to be St Kilda vs North. Two teams that got smashed by 100 points. Look, Who you got for this one? I'm debating. You're silly. I'll go with the Saints. I was going to say, if you think North Melbourne are going to actually win against the St Kilda, I'm going to be a bit stunned there. I wouldn't be surprised if they gave them a run. Oh, That's is all that, I'm saying. Is that the same with Essendon and North last week? <laughs> Yeah, look, that one didn't go out, but no. I, I t- ended up tipping the Bombers, so all's well that ends well, I guess. I'm also going to St. Kilda for that game. All right. Suns, Hawks, who you got? Oh. Mm. Uh, mm. I think I'll go Suns, yeah. I mean, I just got, I just trashed on Hawthorne, so it'd be a bit awkward if I just yeah. went Hawks then. I better go Suns too. Then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going same, same. Yeah. All right. Over in the West, I think we're going to, you know, go similar on this one too. It is the Eagles take Essendon. Essendon. Eagles. Eagles. Okay. Me. Sunday, Sunday afternoon, it's going to be the reigning Premiers, Richmond versus the uh, team to knock off the D's, uh, Adelaide Crows. Who you got for this one? Going with Richmond. Really? Yes, really. At the MCG. Richmond at the G. Was the Adelaide game versus Melbourne over in Adelaide? It was. Yeah, it was. I was... Tigers are going to bounce back. You reckon? I don't know. I'm not trying to convince you. If you want to tip Adelaide, be my guest. Who did Richmond have last week? They had... The Lions. They lost. But that was was that over at that was Marvel. over at Gabba. No, no, Marvel. Marvel, I think. I'm going Adelaide. I'm going the Crows. Oh no, it wasn't. The, it wasn't the Gabba. You. Oh. Do you want to retract that? Oh, let me have a look at the rest of the list. It's only these two games. Um. Take no, I'll while, keep. Jarvis. I'll keep it. I'll keep it. I'll go. I'll Adelaide. go Adelaide Crows. All right. Next match: Swans Blues. Swans. In Sydney. Swans. Blues. 
should have just left it with Richmond. God damn it. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, but we've moved on too slow. Um, a nice easy one, I think, to finish Last off. One. It will be Port, Port Adelaide. Adelaide. I thought we were going to do it together. Port Adelaide and Fremantle at Adelaide Oval. I'm going Port Adelaide. I am also going Port Adelaide. So we did actually differ on a couple there towards the end. Keep it interesting. Um, so the Richmond Crows, I went Richmond, Jarvis went Crows. And the Sydney Carlton, Jarvis went Sydney and I went Carlton. I'm confident in my boys. They've had a pretty good run at SCG in the last couple of years. So I'm hoping that stays the same. You're banking on a lot. I am banking on a lot. Now, um, we'll wrap that episode up there. Episode number 17, done and dusted. Thank you for tuning in once again. If you would like to send us your top footy moment please please do so um you can find our social media platforms on instagram at after the siren podcast and on twitter at after the siren underscore our personal instagrams are also always in the description um we've really loved bringing this podcast to you for the first 10 rounds of the men's season and obviously the entire aflw season um yes so please come back every week Get our ratings up and uh, we'll see you for episode 18. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.